0: Trick or
1: treating will take a whole new meeting at Javier's house.
0: <laughs> if these trick or treaters are Russell Crowe size with a hammer <laughs> breaking through my door, yeah, you have something to be worried about.
2: Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is J.J. Crowder. I'm here with my co hosts, Mattson Heiner.
1: Better read than dead.
2: Javier Ortiz. What is up, my tired nerds? <laughs> and Ian Anderson.
3: Some shit.
2: All right. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put on movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know the verdict. We appreciate your help growing the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button and tell a friend about us. So go check out our website. Subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. So today we're reviewing Unhinged. It was released on August 21st, 2020. It's directed by Derek Bort written by Carl Ellsworth. It stars Russell Crowe, Karen Pistorius, Gabriel Bateman, and Jimmy Simpson. Unhinged is about a woman who, after a confrontation with an unstable man in an intersection, becomes the target of his rage. We do have something new this week. So new movies finally hitting theaters. We are going to introduce a new rating system. So we're going to start, as usual, with a new movie with a spoiler-free review from each of us. And then we will give it a rating based on a three-tiered scale, that scale being worth it, Or you should definitely go see this in the theater. Stream it, meaning it's worth watching, but it can wait until you can watch it from the comfort of your own couch. And finally, skip it, which just is what it is. You don't need to watch this thing at all. So with that being said, let's jump into our spoiler-free reviews. Mattson, why don't you get us started?
1: Ooh, the pressure. Kicking it (laughs) all off. For those of you that have been paying attention to us, we did this uh, reaction trailer a few months back, and I would definitely remember this movie from the trailer. And the reason I bring that up is I think this movie's trailer did the movie justice. There was a lot of suspense. Russell Crowe was creepy, scary, whatever adjective you would come up with to describe him. I think the plot, in my opinion, was believable to a point. And it definitely, when I got back in my car with Javier, I never talked to him about it, but you're much more cognizant about the cars that are around you because in this video, the the people that are inside them. Uh, So I'll try and make this quick, but was this movie entertaining? It was, but for my rating... Would I direct people? I think I'm going to say watch it. The reason being, it I, I felt like the theater did it justice just with the the sheer amount of craziness that was happening, kind of the, the creepiness and being on your toes. Go watch it. If you're into the kind of like thriller, like crazy drama, suspense, suspense isn't the right word. But if you're looking for someone that wants to cause a lot of mayhem on screen, this is a movie that you should go watch in theaters. So that's a worth it from Matson. Oh, sorry. Worth it. My apologies, <laughs> I already got that wrong. I thought it was watch to Dream it, skip it. Audience, it's worth it. There you go. No, it's
2: a new. So it takes some time to get used to. Ian, why don't you go?
3: Yeah, you bet. Definitely a very intense movie. Uh, you're always expecting something to happen. I know I was like, you know what's going on. So you keep expecting something to happen. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. So it would kind of like catch you by surprise as far as uh, just some of the things that happen in this movie that are very intense. It's... Yeah, if you like the thriller genre, this is going to be a great movie to go see. Um, I'd say worth it.
0: Javier. Okay, so this movie was both better and worse than what I thought it was going to be, if that makes sense. (laughs) I would say I'm really glad I watched it in theater, but I think that's because I haven't seen anything in theaters for like seven months. I think if we were talking pre-COVID... I wouldn't say that this is worth watching in theater. I would say it's worth it's worth watching, but just wait until you can stream it. So I'm gonna, for the sake of integrity, I'm gonna say stream it. But you guys really ought to get to the movie theaters if you wanna like be a, like a like a COVID lab rat type thing and and watch like Tenet or something because that's coming out like right now. Um, so yeah, that's my. Uh, I'm gonna say stream it.
2: This movie was crazy, guys. Like, and I'm not a big thriller fan because most of the time I'm let down by the lack of tension in most thrillers, in my opinion. That was not the case with this movie. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat after now. It starts slow. I will warn that. Like it starts with a bang and then really slows down for 10-15 minutes while they introduce the characters. And I was really starting to get worried with the introduction of the characters because I was like, man, this thing just got slow after a bonker start. But then when it finally picks back up, like it never lets you rest after that, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And I it probably one of the more intense movies I've ever seen. So I really enjoyed it. I thought Russell Crowe was out of this world in this show. Like another planet, like planet-sized. Like, yeah, like, like rotund. I mean, he it looked like me on screen, only better looking. So he was uh yeah, he put on some weight for this role, but he looked like he just he scared me. Like I was like, oh damn, this guy's crazy. So I definitely say worth it. I definitely see where is coming from, though it may just be part of but I don't think it is. I think For a thriller, that's the most tense I've ever been for the duration of almost an entire movie. So for that alone, I just don't think that being sitting on my couch, I would have been as uncomfortable and tense as I was because it's my couch and I'm really comfortable on my couch. So I think for that reason, I say worth it. Go see it so that you can feel the full effect of this movie. That's three out of four worth it and one stream it. It Sounds to me like, you know, if you're ready to risk COVID for the movie theaters, which I think they're doing a great job keeping them clean, at least based on our experience. So go check this movie out. If you haven't already, pause it now. Go see it. Come back because we're getting ready to spoil this thing. If you're okay with spoilers, hang out with us because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Guys, this movie was crazy. It was out of this world insane. Like
1: it was at parts too much, like just a lot. That's but that's why I'm surprised, Javier, that you said stream it because you were definitely like involved from this movie from start to finish. I sat next to you, I felt like your attention as a viewer. No, I want to make
0: it clear like it's worth
1: watching. Like it was, it had like
0: it had me, like JJ was saying, it had my attention. I just am trying to keep it like real. Like, is this worth going to the movies and spending 15 bucks to watch? I'm like, I don't know about that. I think would you would you pay for a matinee on a Saturday? I don't know if I'd use my Saturday morning to watch it either. You know, like that's what I'm saying, like it's definitely worth watching at some point, but is it worth certain sacrifices to watch? I'm like,
2: I don't I don't know. The beginning of this movie was exactly what I expected, but worse. Like, it was crazy when he's just sitting there and it's all tense. And you're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? But like, you can tell there's something going on. He chews on a freaking oxy pill. I'm like, who
1: chews an oxy
2: pill? Like yeah. Your life has gone down the toilet when you're just gnawing on an oxy
1: pill. Yeah, like it's some tic-tac. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. can you light a match like he did with just your finger? How did he
2: do that? There's, there's matches called Strike Anywhere Matches. And they're quite sure, easy to like. sure lie.
1: looked cool. And then yeah, he just dude. let it burn in his, ha- in his finger. <laughs> like, I'm like, that would hurt.
2: And then he gets out with his hammer and just slow walks to the door of his, and you don't know what to uh, JJ, he just, don't sorry. forget,
1: he, he folded up his jacket oh, in yeah, the pouring right. rain, like, all carefully. And then then and then he grabs his hammer. You're like, okay, like, let's just get all wet before we go do this. Wasn't it an axe? I No, it was just a big-ass hammer. I thought it was a hammer. Wow. Yeah, I thought
0: it was like a carpenter
2: hammer. It was a, fr- it was a framing hammer. Yeah,
3: did some damage to that door. Holy cow!
0: Seriously, yeah, he I, freaking blew through that door.
2: It was like three hits, and it was open. And then I love the dude walks over, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Crack, and the dude's fucked. Like it was no words, nothing. He's just like, "What are you doing?" And his wife, the, his ex-wife, screaming in the background, takes a hammer to the face. I was like, "Holy shit!" Okay
0: yeah they really let you know from the beginning what you're getting involved in but i will say this is where the minute problems started for me where because the lights turn on in the second story left part of the building right of the house except the couple comes from like the back room to the right of the house and you see the stairs like right in front of the door so somehow
1: they could have had kids
0: I mean, I guess he could have just torched those kids, but the news didn't mention that. The news just said that it was a couple. So somehow this family, this couple started in the top left of the house and then like apparated downstairs without a
3: scene. Maybe it was like a clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off. When you hit the door, they turn
0: the lights on. (laughs)
2: On Every second hit, the lights pop on.
0: (laughs) He did hit the door hard enough, so that makes sense.
2: They really laid out for you that there are no holds barred in this movie at all.
0: And I know I mentioned this to you guys while we're watching it like six times, but this is a very pro Second Amendment movie because (laughs) if that dude in that house had a freaking shotgun, like boom, game over, movie's done. You know, (laughs) in Utah, you can actually shoot through a door. So if that dude was trying to break down my door, I just send a couple hollow points through my door. I don't, he doesn't even get through the door. That's all I'm saying.
2: Here's the thing, though, is they weren't down there fast enough that he was through that door in three swings. And they it opened as he they were coming into the room. Now, if you had it in your hands, obviously, when you come to the door, that changes the game for sure. But the funny part is is I don't think – there. I think there are people out there that that's the first thing that they would do. I think most people, though, your natural reaction, you've just been woken up, someone's beating on your door, is to just be like, what the fuck is going on? And you just run over there and see it. Because I can't even say that my first reaction would be to go grab my weapon.
1: I just want to speak to anyone that's delivering something to Javier's house from now on. If it's an <laughs> after-hours delivery, please. Knock nicely. <laughs> don't bring it directly to his door. Maybe knock on the window by his front door and then step knock away. On the
3: windows are worse
1: from the door. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just, just Amazon do L- delivery. You're saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, be, be careful. Don't come by my house. <laughs> I mean, I'm worried. I, when I come to your house later at night, I may have to call you first. Just absolutely. You know. yeah, no shit. Absolutely. Call me first. <laughs> Don't just walk into my
2: house. If you're gonna doorbell ditch at Javier's house, make sure you run
1: quick.
0: I would just like to make it abundantly clear: I don't. I'm not looking for a reason to shoot through my door. <laughs> I'm just saying that if trick or treating
1: will take a whole new meeting at Javier's house.
0: <laughs> if these trick or treaters are Russell Crowe size with a hammer breaking through my door, yeah, you have something to be worried about.
2: After this, you immediately jump into meeting Rachel. Rachel. So, you immediately meet Rachel, her brother Fred, brother Fred's girlfriend, who's living in their house, and and the, her son, and I can't remember his name. I'm sure it'll come to me at Kyle. some point. Kyle, there you go, Ian. So you immediately meet these guys, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, while you're meeting these characters and getting introduced, like my movie watching Brain was instantly let down to a certain degree. I was like uh this just got slow and then i was like okay we got to meet these characters but then it just kind of drug on for me looking back on it after the movie when we were driving home after the movie i was telling casey i said i'm i was disappointed when it was happening but then i realized that i would not have been as tense as i was had they not given me that much backstory helped me realize and put me in her shoes and make me realize why she honked she was pissed she was disappointed she was irritated and so i was like okay get why she honked i get why she was being a bitch after the fact and then i was like and then i felt for i cared about kyle i cared a little bit about rachel because i am supposed to i didn't give a shit about fred unfortunately but i don't think i would have cared as much i don't think it would have been as intense if they hadn't slowed it down and let me fully get to know these characters what do you guys think
0: you no know, my only like disappointing factor that character background thing is i feel like they gave all the characters these character flaws right like Rachel's this disappointment to everyone around <laughs> her and Fred is like this deadbeat entrepreneur quote unquote right like but they never have a chance to redeem themselves of these bad qualities you know and so i guess that's the only part like i was kind of i was Mattson kind of made a joke afterwards like, Oh, I guess everything's okay now that like nine people are dead. I guess happy happy end, dude.
3: <laughs> right. Cateman movies do that.
1: I think I think the hard thing with that is it was only this movie happened probably over what, like five hours, six hours. So the character arc would be somewhat of a challenge, right? Because yeah. it's still the same day. But and totally agree with you though, Javier.
2: I did laugh and this is no, I'll save this because I don't want to ruin the ending yet. Um and we always do that. We always jump to the ending, but <laughs> i i found myself like really relating to rachel's situation because i'll tell you right now i hate driving this is like my worst nightmare like being stuck in traffic i hate it i don't i oh it makes me angry i'm not like a russell crowe level road rager but i am like an in my car screaming yelling holler and flipping people off shit road rager <laughs> So I was like, watch you Karen. And I was like, and that's my, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone's not paying attention to a light and sits through half my green light risks me getting stuck at another red light. I'm all like, oh, fuck. So I sat and I was like, yep, I'd be honking the same way. And then I thought about when he pulls up and starts telling her, I'm sorry, it's been a rough shit. I need an apology. She was actually nicer than I probably would have been. So I was like, wow. Yeah, I could see where this would go south. I mean, it's interesting.
0: I was thinking that same thing because I'm like, I wonder if that is like the dichotomy of being like a man versus a woman in a roadway road raid situation because if some dude did that to me rolled up and he was like hey can you apologize to me I'm like dude go fuck yourself you want to fight right here let's fight right now let's get out of our cars and let's fight let's 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 settle this right now but like as a 90 pound woman you can't talk like that to other people
2: right (laughs) well especially a freaking tank like fat Russell Crowe like you're not (laughs) but I you say that and yet I've had some 90 pound women yell at me like that from a car. <laughs> it's like I just must not be that intimidating. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> okay. but respect from those women. Hell those hell. women have guns on them. <laughs> oh fuck. I'm telling you. Well and I I like I could see Casey just absolutely telling Russell Crowe to get fucked and let's go get out of your car. I'll run your ass over. Like I can see that she doesn't care when she gets into that level of anger. So
1: I'm glad she wasn't in the movie then. I Again, that movie
2: would be over in
0: like five minutes because she would just be killed in the street (laughs) and and Russell Crowe would go about his day.
2: Hell no. That was the worst part about this dude is he was like, no, I'm going to keep your ass alive. Yeah. That shit. And I think so this very soon after this, you learn this dude is all in 100 percent. Like when he finally leans into the fact that she gets tells him, fuck off for your apology and drives away and he just kind of sits there for a minute and like does his little growl that he kept doing the whole movie just like Mm -hmm. uh, i was like oh fuck and then he just slams that f-250 into gear and starts going after i was like oh good lord and he's driving up and he's riding riding her ass for like ever oh it's crazy
0: can we talk about these car chases for a second So, at several points in this so I don't know how I feel about it, so maybe you guys can help me flush out my opinion on this. (laughs) But at one point, a station wagon, like like an old-ass station wagon, is running away from a minivan. And it is the lamest two cars you could possibly imagine to be in this car chase with this epic music and this just... I don't know where they got the engine sound, but that definitely wasn't a minivan engine sound. (laughs) (laughs) Just revving through town. And I guess my initial thought was like, this is, this is super, this is like, this is like Liam Neeson had taken camera cut angles lame, like trying to make this look cool. But I could be wrong. Maybe it was more epic than I thought.
3: And I thought the traffic was interesting because it would always be super clear streets whenever they wanted to chase. And then suddenly all this traffic when they didn't want to. And I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny that you won't see another car on the road sometimes. But then there's supposed to be all this traffic for the morning commute.
2: But. I don't think I even noticed. Like obviously I noticed he was in a minivan at one point, but it didn't bother me because I was so worried about him actually catching them. <laughs> like and I think that was the part that that's how I knew that this movie was be was successful in what it was trying to do for me because I was literally worried about them getting caught at all times and who he was going after because he just didn't care like you learn so quickly with his meeting with jimmy well first of all in the gas station when he runs this dude over and then
1: poor good citizen
2: yeah and i did not see so you see this in the preview right where he goes after the guy and and you're thinking oh he just runs his ass over oh no he just pushes this dude in the road and then gets leveled by this car coming from the other direction
3: not expecting that that
2: I was, wasn't either. Yeah, I literally like threw my hands I, up. I like, yelled. What? I, oh, I know. You yelled yeah. at every death in this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this movie this movie had two final destination deaths. That one and then the police officer when they're trying to flag him down. And they do, but then Russell Crowe rams into him. And you just think he spins out and he's going to be fine to keep driving. And all of a sudden, the, just the big semi or whatever, the dump truck.
0: Oh, it was just... Pfft. Granted, I saw that in the previews, right? But I'm like, this cop just spins out on the freeway. And then instead of getting the fuck out of the way, he continues to like radio call someone just in the middle of the freeway, just sitting there. And I'm like, move. Just
2: move your car. Just just get back in a lane. Dude, that dude was fucked either way. Cause one thing I did enjoy about that scene is it didn't take long for that water truck to come just burst through that dude's car. So, which is how it would really happen. Like, you're not going to have time to sit and go, I should probably get out of the way of this of His immediate thought was, I just had some dude spin me out on the freeway. I got to call him back up and then boom, you're done. <laughs> it, and it was so completely. That's true. What do you do for that?
1: There's no open casket at that funeral. Like you just have a picture. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's closed for sure. Is there anything in the casket? I don't know.
0: I want Uh, this to be part of my will. If I am just obliterated like that, I still want an open casket.
2: (laughs) You're so morbid. But let's back up a second because that was a cool death. But the other one I didn't see coming completely that they showed in the preview. And I think this is, to Matt's point, why this preview was so successful to me. Because most most previews nowadays either give the movie away or they give you a bunch of lies. Like they show you a bunch of shit that's not actually in the movie. Mm -hmm. This one showed a bunch of shit that's in the movie but they just did not show you how far this shit was going to go because they show Jimmy Simpson's character getting his ass beat in that diner but they don't show the butter knife Ooh. in the back of the neck yeah
0: <laughs> they don't show the or multiple how many times he got punched hooks. yeah or the multiple times his face gets smashed into the table or just the coffee mug to the Yeah the face. first hit yeah,
2: that one got me Javier shook our whole row. He jumped so hard at that. Like, it was, that was so, and I was like, oh, God, because, like, it immediately, and I loved, like, the blood on his face. Like, you could tell he was messed up. Oh, oh, he
0: would have been bleeding a lot. He had, like, shards of mug in his face. And I knew it was coming because he picks up the mug, he puts it on the table, right, and he's just like, you know, I'll bet you a cup of coffee or, you know, whatever. And I knew, I knew he was going to use that mug. I just was not expecting just the straight, Right hand to the face.
2: Yeah, he turned his coffee mug into brass knuckles with like the ability to cut and maim. uh, God, right in the face.
1: That's where I had a problem with this movie because after all that happens and everyone's recording and everything, he just gets back into his truck and keeps going. And that was one of my biggest... Problems with the movie where, at some point, I know like there was they had the GPS thing with the phone and the iPad that worked, but like the police force and everything always just seemed to be so far behind. And if you already killed a couple people at that point and you're still driving the same vehicle. To me, I mean, I would hope our police force would identify that vehicle sooner than what they did, especially it being such a large vehicle that's like, it's not hard to see. So, I don't know, that was a little hard you for know, me. Driving like a Hyundai Elantra, not like a, not like a Honda
3: Civic. <laughs> you Honda have put them in a Prius.
1: But that was a little, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but I know I, was, I sat next to Javier, we were talking about that, and Javier, you seem to be more in my wavelength where that seemed to be a tad bit just not mm-hmm. as believable. Maybe the cops are just like stuck in traffic.
2: <laughs> yeah here's my thing with it is it's not as easy as you think especially in a big city they're obviously in a larger city there are a lot and they don't show it in this movie because you need to be for the sake of the film you need to be able to as a watcher quickly identify that truck but in real life there are a lot of large gray trucks driving around all over the place so to be able to identify that truck at a drop of the hat and not only that but it was kind of a commentary for me on. Our world today, because something like that happens in a diner, people don't immediately call the cops. They immediately start filming, right? So you have to take into account the fact that you have to wait for someone to actually call 911 instead of sitting there gawking like some sort of spectator sports going on instead of someone getting their ass beat. And then once they've been called, there is a minimum response time. It's very rare. They show in movies a lot, oh, Here's a call on your radio. I just happen to be three blocks from that location. It's horseshit. There's not that many cops in a city that allow them to be that lucky. Most of the time, they have a minimum of five to ten minute response time, and that's once they get the call and get it out there. Most of the time, you're 15 to 20 minutes, if not longer than that, for a cop to actually get on scene of something that's happening.
0: To be fair, though, he murdered his ex-wife and her new husband at four in the morning. So the cops were aware that he and they were looking for him specifically since four in the morning. Mm -hmm. He was driving his own personal truck. We're talking five hours later. The cops have not caught this guy. I think there is something to say about that. Like he's driving his own personal
2: car. Yeah. (laughs) O.J. Simpson drove on an empty freeway for three and a half hours before he stopped. And they just let him drive.
1: But they found him.
2: Yeah, but sure. they found him, right? Yeah.
0: I think that's the only point. Like, they just don't know where this dude is for five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, right? Like, he goes all day murdering multiple people, and the cops are just like, don't know where he is.
2: Yeah, I didn't have his
3: heart. With so I have a question. How realistic is it that you wouldn't have a lock on your phone? Because I feel like that would have negated, like most of the movie, but instead she had her phone without a passcode on it. That seems unbelievable.
0: And they explain it in past Yeah. They're just like, right? oh she But she's like she's like, I took it off because I almost crashed trying to unlock it or whatever.
3: What a dumb reason.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I I've had to lock in my phone for freaking six years, dude. <laughs> like
2: No, I'm with you on that one, especially now, because you can fingerprint unlock almost
1: every phone out there. Or your face, like, yeah.
0: That's the thing about these types of movies, though. Like, they have to make it so that these series of events can happen. And they have to find reasons why these characters are behaving in ways that don't make sense, right? And so, I just, like, that one I think is a cheap excuse, and like I feel like the characters were always one step behind like where I was mentally, right? Like they get to a certain point where I could believe why no one's called the cops. But then it got to a certain point where I'm like, why is why is no one called the police yet? We are like we're like an hour into this dilemma, uh, like real time in the movie. And no one has bothered calling anyone with a weapon of any sorts. Like the gas station scene right before the dude gets just plowed. The gas station attendants like, should I call the police? And this guy's like, no, no, no. That'll just piss him off.
2: (laughs) What? What kind of excuse is that? Because people are stupid. I here's the thing: is that part's believable for me. Like I could see some, especially like that guy. The way they portrayed that guy is he's some hotshot that. Oh, it's just not worth it. He's He's gonna go away. I'll just go out and give a show of force, and you know it'll be. I could see people doing that absolutely now i'm look i'm a lazy bastard like i don't want to go out there people scare me because they i know that they can be unhinged haha <laughs> like well you like that so i would never like i'd be like yeah fucking a call the cops because i'm not going out there and threatening and you know putting my life at risk even before i watch this movie especially when call the cops let them come we'll hang out we'll have a snickers bar while we wait <laughs> I, you know what i mean
1: Javier, you you might go out there because you can throw hands or or you can you bring out that concealed carry. Like you're you're good either way. I I actually thought about that. I'm like would I go out there? I'm like, no. I
0: would call the cops. Like we pay these guys to do stuff like this. Like do your job. You know, it's not my job. Now if he if he had come to the little concession place and freaking broke down the door and started strangling her, I'm like, yeah, I would intervene at that point. After she started strangling,
1: he's got to confirm I, strangling.
0: I would definitely have to see a felony either about to be committed
2: <laughs> or being committed <laughs> before I stepped in. After he's laid hands on her, then I'll step up. <laughs> So, we definitely learned with Jimmy Simpson's character in The Diner that there was this dude was all in 100%. He's going to commit murder with a butter knife in the back of a neck of some random guy just because he's part of this person's life. Then we move on to, to me, the most intense, uncomfortable part of this movie, and that is the brother and
1: girlfriend. Oh, man. Oh, that was bad. Fred and
2: Mary's death. Oh, my God.
1: Well, just Mary, but
2: fair enough. That's the other thing. We never – like they do verify it, but we don't see Fred after. But I I know why they Uh, did that, but I don't – I want to wait till we get to the very end of this movie. But when he – when you're Fred and you're chilling there eating cereal watching this truck that you – this news story again – And all of a sudden you hear the crash and the, you know, something's going on. You're walking around with the kitchen knife. That is the most brutal murder when he shoves Mary into the knife. And then not only does he shove her, but he pulls her off two or three times and shoves her back. I was like stabbing by human. Are you shitting me right now? It's like, that's the craziest shit. And poor Fred's just standing there with a knife out, stuck between a window. And, the. oh, dude, I was like, that was the most intense I've ever been.
1: The crazy thing about that is that I could see really happening because people like I was like, what would I do? Because I don't I don't have a gun in my house. I would probably go grab my biggest kitchen knife and do that very thing. And then for what the man did, Russell Crowe's character, you wouldn't expect that. So to me, it would probably work, which is sad to say. But yeah. Oh. No, I was going to say, that's a moment where I was like, this is too much, man. This is this is a lot.
0: Because <laughs> like, then he straps the dude to a chair yeah. and fucking covers him in lighter fluid.
2: And makes him write this letter to his sister, like rebuking her and blaming her for all of this, all while his dead gr- fiancé is laying on the bed in front of him. With a knife in her chest. Yeah.
1: So what this movie doesn't touch on, I think Fred would rather have died as well, because he's going to have... I don't think therapy's gonna bring him back. Dude, not by being lit on fire. Uh-uh. No
0: way. I cannot imagine how painful that would be. Oh.
2: And now that you mentioned therapy, I'm gonna tell you about my my favorite line in this whole movie was when he's on the when Russell Crowe's on the phone with Rachel. And he's telling her, going through her phone with her contact list and shit. And he tells her about her calendar. I see you have therapy mm-hmm. tomorrow. Oh yeah. I better tell your therapist to bring her A-game because you're going to fucking need it. I was like, oh, this guy is fucked up. That was amazing. That was an incredible line. Seriously, that'll go down as probably top 10 lines of all time for me. Because he just was so casual about it at first. Oh, I see you have therapy tomorrow. Man, you better tell your therapist to bring her A-game. Pause. Cause you're gonna fucking need it, and then hangs up. I was like, "What in the fuck?" And she will need it.
0: So maybe I should change my stance. I think it's a pro Second Amendment and pro therapy oh, movie. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> because everyone in this movie either needed therapy past tense or needs it future tense and present tense.
2: But after he lights uh, Fred on fire and then gets shot with by the cop twice. This is one of the biggest problems I had with this. This dude, he doesn't do anything for his shoulder. Like, I, I would have rather you just, like, show me sh- you stuffing a t shirt down in there, stuffing a blanket, do something. You, you can't just walk around with two bullet holes. You're going to bleed to death. And then you have the strength to, like, drive like crazy, fight and barely. Sh- I mean, I realize you're adrenaline pumped, but you're going to bleed out.
0: That was my I wish we had a pharmacist or something on here because I'm really, really curious at how potent hydrocodone is. Like it, does it negate pain, bullet wound pain enough to be able to like go kick down some doors and like beat up a kid? Okay. Now that I'm saying it, I guess it wouldn't take that much, but I, yeah, I'm with you, dude. I feel like, I feel like being shot should be a little bit more debilitating than that.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm okay with him doing stuff, especially on the oxy. He had enough oxy; he almost had a full bottle of oxy when he shot. He was
1: loaded on that stuff, and,
2: and that stuff's no joke. Like oxy will help you with your pain. It's not the pain I was worried about. Like I get him fighting through the pain. I get that this guy's on pure adrenaline mode. My problem is the blood loss. You got shot twice. You got shot in the shoulder, and then from what I saw, there was one right lower than the shoulder on his side, and maybe yeah, I when he was feel. running away. Yeah, but even the shot in the shoulder, there is, you're not going to, he didn't do anything to stop the bleeding. It doesn't just kind of stop when you have a hole in your shoulder. Because it was a through and through wound. That thing's just going to bleed. And especially the way he's injuring it and he's moving around, he's going to continue to agitate that wound and bleed. And I don't know, I'm not a medical professional, so maybe I'm completely up in the night here, but that bothered me.
1: You make a good point. It would have been 10 seconds of showing us the audience that, hey, I'm addressing it. I'm not doing crazy anything because he knows he's going to die that day. But you're right. I think that's a yeah, just like duct taping a rag to a shoulder would
0: have been good enough. Yeah, right?
2: Anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just wrapping duct tape on it. I'm okay with that. You just got to stop that bleeding to some sort, right? So that you're not going to die. Blood loss is blood loss. You, you can't live without blood and your body can't produce it faster than he'd be losing it. So anyway, that was my biggest issue. But once you get past that, like, after that, it's just a race to Rachel. Like they shut down the school. I love when she goes in and just lights this teacher up, or the principal up. I would hope, though, that the principal wouldn't give up the kid. What do you guys think?
0: I think if a parent comes in and says, Give me my fucking kid, that a school should give a parent their fucking kid. That's what I think.
2: I don't know, man. That's crazy. Cause if he's in that, if he's in that school, he's completely safe. There's cops there, there's people there. He's not going to he's caught if he goes there
0: i mean i think strategically from like rachel's point of view it makes the most sense to keep him there but
2: and if i'm rachel and i get she was trying to save her brother but if i'm rachel watching what this dude's done up to this point sorry bro you're fucked i really fully i mean he was gonna kill fred no matter what and somewhere in her mind she's got to know that right
0: so backing up a little right so that conversation that he has the man Russell Crowe has with Rachel and he's like choose a name because I'm just going to go kill someone super intense but where is she going she's she's like driving at some point and then she's like parked At another point, like, she just drove to a parking spot. That was, I think, like, thinking back on it, like, why didn't she go somewhere? Why didn't she call everyone that she knows and say, hey, this guy is chasing me. Get to a police station. Get somewhere safe. Get away from where you are. Leave your phones, because he's tracking phones. Like, I just feel like if you're going to do something, if you're going to be parked doing nothing, call Fred. Like, Fred, someone's got me to kill you, dude. Run.
3: I think it would depend... Because she doesn't have her phone. So she doesn't have everybody's numbers. So unless she memorized them. Oh, that is a good point. Actually. Yeah, she's kind of SOL.
0: That's a really good point because I don't have my brother's phone number re- memorized. Yeah, that, that would be very believable for me.
2: That's a good point. Actually.
3: I barely have mine memorized.
2: The other part of that is is he tricked her. So he got her to believe that he was going after the person that she gave him, her little fired hair client or whatever or whoever, whatever she was doing. Dude. Like She completely gave up the name and then immediately called the cops to go protect her. And he knew what she was going to do. He just plain outsmarted her because she went, he went then to her house to get Fred knowing that she was going to send the cops to the person that she thought he was going to kill because she just gave him that name. So it was really a pretty smart move on his part to get her to believe fully that that's where he was going. And then now he can go to Fred with pretty much nobody. They're all going to be going somewhere else. And then she drove to the school to get Kyle immediately from there that's where she goes to get kyle and that's that was a cool part of this movie where this guy's not an idiot yeah right like he's he's not like a
0: brute well he is a brute but he's not stupid like like when he um when he gets to the house that kyle is hiding in and he like breaks down the door and immediately i'm like oh dude this guy's just gonna start kicking down doors and stuff and no he's like hey kyle it's the police i was like oh snap like that's actually pretty smart and he pretends to be the police for a little while, and he pans to Kyle like in his little panic room, and he's like, "Oh!" And it's like this—you could tell it's this internal struggle for Kyle. Like, is it the police? Should I go
2: down? That yeah, was crazy. No, it's good. And that's—I the one thing I don't love is the fact that they based she based her whole strategy on a Fortnite strategy. <laughs>
0: Not a real Fortnite strategy. A Fortnite strategy
2: that our kid made up. And a very shitty Fortnite strategy to boot.
0: Yeah. The strategy is. If I remember correctly, it's two people. One person distracts an enemy while the other person
2: hides. Yeah, it's you go Collects. somewhere. Yeah, you go somewhere you know well. One person hides and goes and gets a golf cart, these drivable golf carts. Oh, that's right. And then the other person is distracting the enemy, and then while they're distracted shooting, the other guy comes running out in the golf cart and runs them over. And so that's where her whole car drive into his car. And I, oh, right. I do like that they use the neighborhood like her because they talk about her mom's neighborhood being a bunch of crazy cul-de-sacs and roads and being amazed. That's cool. I get that. And the fact that he doesn't know that address because the mom's not there anymore. She's at the home. But I but then the whole. Yeah, she just says it's like your Fortnite strategy. I'm like, oh, fuck me. For real. It, I, so yeah. she hits
0: hit the minivan that he's in, flips it over and this Russell Crowe is
2: nimble. Yeah. He's a because, fat nimble shot guy. Cause he gets yeah, out quick.
0: He gets out of an upside down car that just got freaking plowed soup faster than she got out of her. Right hey, he side just of took car. all
1: that oxy, like right before then. True.
2: But yeah, still that's
1: still that's,
2: yeah. <laughs> his, look, as a man with a gut, he has a hard time getting out of that window. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have a hard time getting out of doors sometimes. Are you shitting me? Crawling out of a window. <laughs> That's why I
1: wanted a- to say he couldn't like, we couldn't have cooler cars in this car, Chase, because he wouldn't be able to fit in a, a nicer car. <laughs> That's true, room. actually.
2: But he was a real dude, man. There was no and I'll tell you what, he was brutal because when she comes around and he just beat her ass yeah like throws yeah. her around and nothing was unrealistic about that fight which i love there was no fights in this where i was like oh that's superhuman shit no he just fucking threw punches and outweighed her so he picked her up and threw her around like that shit was crazy i was gonna give her credit because oh. i mean she took like 15
0: she's got blows a chin that. that's what i was saying. Yeah. Like she took him straight to the
2: face and kept going. I'm like, that's it's not easy, man. That's bare knuckle boxing right there. I mean, she she has to lay there and recover a little bit after the the one punch and the throw into the van, which is understandable, totally but understandable. man, it was that was crazy. and then so then you go up to he's in the house. he you know he pretends to be the cop. They find the kid. She gives away his location, unfortunately. yeah. That made me so mad. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, don't go right to the kid. Stay away from him. Like, leave it be. I would have rather them, her go up and like distract him and get in a fight. And the kid comes out to protect his mom. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's what I thought. That's legitimately what I thought. Yeah. But instead she crawls in the cubby. I'm like, come on. You just gave away where this dude and you guys are talking so fucking loud. Like, what? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. You know, the dude's in the house. Be quiet.
0: Dude, but that kid had some fight in him too. He took out that like um, that fireplace like shovel thing, just started beating Russell Crowe's head. Like
2: That <laughs> yeah, was a pretty intense scene because you just don't know. And he's throwing the kid around. That was the other thing. He sucked that kid right square in the mouth, too. Yeah. I was like, damn. Oh, man. yeah, he was no, you're kid. right.
0: He had no qualms no. hitting kids. No. Have, you, have, you, have you guys ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> yeah. There's a scene where Pimento is like he like pulls out a kitchen knife and he's like, who are we gonna kill? It's like, I don't do kids. That's a rule. But that rule's <laughs> negotiable if the kid's a dick.
2: <laughs> I do
1: know that scene you're talking about.
2: Yeah, and I think yeah. it just goes back to there was, the movie was so intense because they set up early that Russell Crowe's character does not care. He's willing to die. He's just pissed. And he is committed to teaching Rachel this lesson of here's what a bad day looks like. And he's all in. He does not care. So, I yeah, I just love that.
0: I did think Russell Crowe's character was kind of a little bitch, though. Where he's like, my wife got divorced and took the house from me and married another man. No one's had a worse day than me. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? 50% of the United States has days as bad as you all the time. You are literally not in the minority. Like, what what is wrong with you? That's like an average
2: day. That's like a Tuesday here. But I do – I will say kind of to that point that I did like the way that the movie kept piling on the things that were happening to him, that he got fired from his job like a week before he could collect his pension in the news. Because he's a psychopath. Sure. I'm just saying like there were all these things that if you weren't paying attention, you'd miss all of the other things that were – on this guy that doesn't give him any kind of excuse for what he's doing but like it was interesting and then i love the when he he, going back to jimmy simpson in the cafe when he's going off about him being a lawyer how he's a piece of shit Mm He's like, are you sleeping with this guy like completely projecting his own bullshit onto these people oh yeah like it was crazy but in the house i think that's you know the tension was there then finally the 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 candy cane scissors come out and to me the worst line in this movie though casey loved it was she stabs him in the face with in the eye with these scissors and then he's going to get up and then it was here's your courtesy tap and kicks him in the face with the kicks the scissors deeper into his head i was like will you not fucking say a shitty one line and just I kick laugh. The scissors in his face like was hilarious she could have just screamed and kicked him in
3: yeah
0: Or like if you had to say a line, something like just die already type of thing. Or
2: wait till after. Like kick it kick it, and then lean down in his face all fucking bitchy and there's your fucking courtesy tap. Like I would have liked that better than the before.
0: I think part of their Fortnite strategy is they should have just started teabagging the body. You know, (laughs) once he's dead, just like
2: teabag, you know. That's (laughs) bloody shit right there. (laughs) Now we're to this point where you find out that Fred's alive. After being The only reason they did that was because this was probably one of the more heavy, dark, intense, there's very little good news in this movie at all, besides the fact that Rachel and her son and Kyle survive. So they had to lighten the mood by something positive happening. I really think that was just a movie choice to make people feel a little bit better walking out of this movie. And I wish, to be honest with you, I wish they hadn't. I I wish Fred had died. And to me, because it kept in the theme of this movie that this shit was going south and everything that was bad could happen, happened. And now you have to deal with the consequence of you maybe not thinking through honking the horn like an asshole, even though I would have done the same thing. And then on top of that, how hard would it have been to just say, I'm sorry that I didn't do a lighter honk, but she refuses to do it. So to me, that was like, if you're trying to teach us a lesson, which you can tell by the intro where they're showing all the road rage clips and the car accident clips, they're trying to teach you that it's not that serious. Just back off, be polite, which we talked about this during V for Vendetta. If we're willing to say, I'm sorry for the things that we should, it'd be a better place, the world. And so for me, if you're going to commit to that lesson, don't make shit lighter. You keep that shit as heavy as you planned on it. That's just my opinion. I think I may
0: have taken the wrong lesson out of this though, because at the end, someone runs a red light and almost t-bones her right and she's about to honk instinctively and then she stops and Kyle's like good choice <laughs> but in my head I'm like I just fucking survived Russell Crowe I can do any I can honk at anyone I want now right does it get worse than that guys I have a question for you so Russell Crowe wires all of Rachel's money to her ex-husband or soon to be ex-husband oh, I right? about that part <laughs> do you think
2: that dude kept that money fucking A he did <laughs> <laughs> that sucks that sucks i forgot about that part that was brutal that was a dick move very
0: dick move i kind of like taking that like scene by scene type of like yeah it's chron- kind of fun. chronological order
2: yeah it was fun kept us on track talked about the whole movie yeah you guys ready to do our actual five point rating scale here yeah all right i'll start so again i really enjoyed this movie because it's been i don't remember the last time i was that uncomfortably, positively uncomfortable in a movie. Like I enjoyed being tense. That's what this movie was meant to be. I wanted to be uncomfortable because it's a thriller. It's and they went there and they didn't hold back. Like they went all the way. There were some little continuity, weird things. We've already talked about a lot of them. There were some stupid choices that people made, but I think we make stupid choices in life. There are some to me that are unforgivable. I'm the same mindset as Javier. Why don't unlock your phone? Don't, That's just dumb. And then on top of that, the ending, that last line, and the fact that they made it positive, I didn't love that part. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I think I would have enjoyed it even if we weren't back in the theaters and I was riding that high. But there were flaws, but also all in all, a very good movie. I'm going to give this movie a three and a half just because I don't think the rewatchability is there. I don't know that I'll watch this movie, at least not for a long time. I think if someone hadn't seen it and they were like, man, I want to watch this movie. I heard it's good. Yeah, come to my house. Let's watch it. My surround sound. We'll have some fun. It'll be tense and it'll be fun to watch them watch it I don't think for me it's I think it's a one-time experience but I definitely think people should watch it so three and a half works for me Javier yeah I'm I think I'm on the same track of you like
0: I don't do really well with horror movies which this wasn't horror it was more suspense but still like oh it was a lot so I probably wouldn't watch it again but to be fair, like it was a well-made movie. It was a well-acted movie. It captured my attention pretty much the whole time. There are a couple of bad things to say about it, but with a little bit of like suspension of belief, you can kind of justify those things away. So I stand by what I said in the beginning. I think it's worth watching at least once. I'm gonna give it a three and a half as well. Cause I think it's an above average, pretty well done movie. And it's fun. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'm gonna watch it again because A, I don't do well with those types of movies, and B, like. I've seen it.
2: Matthew, why don't you give us your rating next?
1: Yeah, I'll make it short. Uh, I have kind of had the number the whole time in my head bouncing between a three and a three-five. I think I'm going to go a three-five just because the individuals have said it was well acted. I think Javier said a really good point that if you can suspend a little bit of your belief, this movie does do a pretty good job overall making the plot flow and making it be something that I could see happening, albeit with a couple of nuances that don't work. I could see someone being this unhinged, this mentally unstable, and want to make their mark on society in the only way that they have left through violence. And this movie portrays that in a very captivating presence on screen. So if you're looking to have something to watch with your friends that you want to all be at the edge of your seat and see what happens, this movie will do that for you. So 3.5, not something that I'm going to go immediately watch again. But if all of us were like, we want to feel that suspense, and we wanted to watch it, I would watch it again. But I don't know if that's going to happen. All right, Ian, bring us home
3: you bet i really enjoyed watching this movie i think it did exactly what it was meant to do with my one beef being what jj mentioned uh the ending because it should have remained a heavy movie like fred surviving like might even be worse than him going you know what i mean like and they tried to make it feel all positive as they're driving back and they're they're kind of like oh we survived and it's like all these people died like i don't think they would actually be any kind of positive happy moment in that situation it would be like oh that's at least fred lived but i don't know that kind of bothered me but i'm going to give it a four i think four being the first time you watch it if you watch it after that i don't think it's going to be as good of a rating i would watch it again but i'd have to not see it for quite a few months before i'd watch it again so that you kind of still get the the jumps and the the thrilling atmosphere that it
1: brings if you need to watch it again have javier with you or someone like him and then the rewatchability is probably still very high
0: i just love that you guys get off on my pain You know, you guys are a bunch of sadists.
1: I, yeah, I laughed. Like,
2: I was almost distracted a couple of times because I was sitting there going, something's about to happen. I cannot wait for Javier's reaction. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like I said, Ian was a very calming presence for me, so... It would have been worse without Ian right next to me the whole time.
3: Well, I'm glad I could help.
2: Yeah. I mean, even the parts <laughs> we knew were coming, the cop getting run over by the freeway, like Javier, like, like audibly, loudly screamed at it. And I was like, dude, you knew it was coming. It's in the I freeway. knew it was coming. <laughs> See, I don't know what it is about stuff like that. Like, even
0: when I know it's coming, I'm like, it's coming now. And then it doesn't. And then it does come. I am like, totally caught me off guard.
2: Yeah. All right. So. That's our our, our verdict for this one, but gear up for next week. We are going to be reviewing, at bare minimum, New Mutants. If I can convince these guys and we can find the time, we may be doing Bill & Ted 3 as well, just because we know these movies are coming out. If not, keep an eye for it because we will be doing it. So lots of fun stuff coming out, new movies. Hope you guys like the new rating system at the beginning. Help you maybe decide if you're willing to go out and watch this movie in the theaters or you just want to wait or skip it altogether. So this one's an overwhelming, go watch it at least the first time, good rating, strong movie. Uh, Max, why don't you tell them where they can find us?
1: Yeah, you can find us wherever good podcasts can be found. Uh, your major places like Apple and iTunes. Find us on social media on The Big Three and come check out our website and also check out our YouTube channel. Excited to engage you with the guys in all formats. Slide into our DMs. Let us know what you want us to talk about or movies you want us to review. Perfect.
2: Thanks, Madsen. All right, guys, that's the verdict and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Cinematic out.